Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. It's a big show today. We got a big show planned for us. J.B. Barry has been busy Busy on Twitter, busy on his phone, blowing things up, trying to get enough people in here to have a huge show. We've got so many guests on here, JB. I don't, I'm not sure I know what to do with them all. This is going to be awesome, Wes. I've been so excited for this show all day long. We organized a great show for you guys where with four games this week, we're going to have somebody representing each of the eight playoff teams that are remaining. We're going to talk a little bit with them on specifically on their teams we'll have somebody else on for the opposing team it's we got a a really great group of people Wes and I'm super excited for this show yeah and this is a way that we can give back to the fit fam people that we've talked about and bragged about always supporting us giving us a little bit of credit here and there helping share the show and everything we want to also share you guys because you guys have been such a blessing to us that we wanted to make sure that we give you your due respect and get you on the air and and maybe some people that we never even knew before we want them on the air as well so our fit fam can continue to grow jb Absolutely. And it's a great mix of of writers and podcasters and even just fans of the game that are diehards for their team that we've we're bringing a great group together and it's going to be a good mix. And like you said, a lot of them are our listeners of the show or followers on the Twitter that share our content. And I mean, one of them even has a fantasy magnets hat, a fantasy magnet shirt, sent us a picture of his dog in the fantasy magnets hat. So, I mean, this is going to be awesome. I, I, I can't wait. Okay, well, you can't wait. The thing that I am dreading is trying to figure out how to do all these things, mash these buttons at the same time, trying to coordinate. Look at my notes. I'm going to have notes. I'm going to have buttons up here. I'm going to have mashing and doing going on. People are going to be dropping off the call and being added to the call. Uh, JB, I, I, I am kind of, I'm kind of nervous about doing all these things because I have never even called in somebody else while you and I are talking. I think we had Linda on here one time, and uh, when when Linda Lyons is that uh, Lindalians when Linda Dalians. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> when she like was on funny. here, it was it was a new thing for us then because we she kind of dropped off halfway afterwards, you know, and then we just continued to talk. And that's what's going to end up happening this time, except we have to bring people on at the same time, which seems very, very strange. Let me remind everybody up front that they can get a hold of Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can get me a hold of me as well at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today. But having... Uh, with us now, joining us now, I should say, one of our good friends, Kangas, off of Twitter. And and look, I have got my earphones on, so I'm the only one that can hear this, Kangas. And we are so I, – I, I cannot wait to talk to you. All I've done is tweet it at you. Hey, Wes. How you doing, buddy? I am doing fine. How are you doing? Say hi to JB. Hey, JB. What's hey, up, Kangas? What's going on, my brother? Guys. Yeah, man. Good to have you on. If you, and if you don't know Kangas, this is our friend Charles Kangas, a.k.a. the Kangas Man. He's at Kangasman underscore FS on Twitter. One of the most active people in fantasy leagues all over. And of course, one of the most active people in group chats and league chats. So if you don't know Kangas and, and you follow our Twitter, you'll see Kangas for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you will. He's all over that place. And, and he will um, uh, inundate you. With tons of brown talk, because what he is, more importantly than anything else, I think, in his life, are the uh, Cleveland Browns. And he's a big Cleveland Brown fan, Kangas. And I just want to, hats off to you. Big victory last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you still on cloud nine from that victory? 
Oh, I'm still absolutely hyped from that victory. I mean, honestly, I actually called the Browns winning that game. So to actually see it come to fruition, you know, 18 years without a playoff, 26 years without a playoff victory. I mean, it was I, I have never smiled so much in my life during an entire <laughs> game, with the exception when the Steelers started to come back. I got a little bit of nervous because, you know, Browns fans, we don't you know. We get a little weary when uh, things start uh, not going our way. So, you know, I, it, it was a great game. And, you know, I'm I'm proud of my boys for getting the job done. I can't say that I blame you. JB, you always bragged about Kangas saying that Baker Mayfield was having a huge year this year and he was all over it. And he, he did that last week, too. He played really, really well. Yeah, honestly, there was only two people that I know of that coming into this season – planted their flag on Baker Mayfield and said that he was going to rebound this year. And it was John and Pemba from Fantasy Alarm, and it was the Kangas man. So I know Kangas all year long in our group chat has been praising Baker. And man, you should have seen him lighten up the chat last week during that game. He was so happy. I I was happy for him. Fellas, here's what I worry about this week. With the, my adopted team, the Cleveland Browns, Kangas, I know you listen to the show, and so I know you heard me talking about how I was pulling for the Browns because I, I hated the COVID situation, and I was just really rooting for them. You are one of the reasons why I was rooting for them, the same reason I was rooting for the Buccaneers with my friend JB, and, and I knew my, my Bears were going to lose, so I just had to kick them out of my life at some point, right? But this is something I worry about, uh, guys. I worry about the Cleveland Browns having a letdown game this week. Because it was such a, you know, a quarter of a century since the last time they won a victory in the playoffs. And I worry if that's not going to be their Super Bowl this year. Or do they still have enough momentum, Kangas, in your opinion? What's your vibe there in Cleveland? Do you think that they still have enough momentum to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this week? Absolutely. And I'm going to give you one name why. Kareem Hunt. The Kansas City Chiefs gave up on him. The Browns took a chance on him. And look at what it's done. It's gotten us the number one rushing offense. Actually, number three rushing offense. Sorry about that. We have the number one ranked offensive line in the league. Kareem Hunt is ready for this. And if you saw his face after the game when interim head coach Mike Prefer said that we had the Kansas City Chiefs, you know he has been wanting this matchup for the longest time. I have all the faith, all the trust that my boys can go out there and get it done, especially because we have so much coming back this week. And okay. Kangas, I, I like Kareem Hunt a lot this week in the revenge game narrative. Everybody loves a good revenge game narrative, and certainly that Kareem Hunt one is, is as good as it gets in the revenge game narrative. So in addition to him obviously playing with the chip on his shoulder and something to prove, what would you say the key to your team winning the game is? It is absolutely our rushing offense. So what happened last week against the Steelers is we ran our offense like we normally did in the first half. We are running the ball. We are passing the ball. We blended it well. And then a lot of times what's happened this year is we've taken our foot off the gas. So I think the Browns got caught trying to keep their foot on the gas and tried to pass too much. And they got away from the run in the second half. And that's what allowed the Steelers to really get back in the game because they were able to get the ball. And the Steelers couldn't run on us, that they were just passing. Browns missing so much. So it's gonna, what it's going to take for the Browns is to run the ball, to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and to get a timely turnover or two, because the Browns are ninth in turnover differential this year. 
ninth in turnover differential and just they capitalize when they get those turnovers so mm-hmm. it, it 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 energizes them and they're going to need all that energy going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs no, you're absolutely right. I think the Chiefs are the number one ranked offense this year, and we all know how potent that they could be. So let me ask you this one, Kangas. Do they have any COVID concerns this week for the Browns, or is that something of the past? As far as I know, everything is is good to go for them. We've got Kev, head coach Kevin Sistancy back. we got our offensive line coach Bill Callahan, who is one of the best in the business at coaching offensive lines back. Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson, both of two of our starting DBs off of the COVID list. We are getting people off of the COVID list. We're going to have people back. It should, we should be far removed from that concern, but COVID is very unpredictable. So nothing is ever a given. Let me follow that up, JB, to you. Do you think that, uh, like Tyreek Hill, though, is he going to have any issues trying to get behind that uh, defensive backfield for the Cleveland Browns? And that was exactly what I was about to bring up because Kangas mentioned Kevin Johnson coming back from the COVID list. That's the guy who typically plays the slot corner position where Tyreek Hill lines up in the slot a lot. And I think that might be the best matchup of the week as far as, you know, wide receiver cornerback matchup because he's not going to see much of Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward plays the outside. He's likely not going to shadow Tyreek Hill. And I think Tyreek Hill could really take advantage of that Kevin Johnson matchup and certainly get behind him for a touchdown or two. Kangas, what do you think about that? Um, I got a feeling the Browns are going to mix things up. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say Denzel Ward won't be on him because he's our best DB. I mean, when you, when you visit Denzel Ward, you're visiting the Denzel Ward State Penitentiary. There's a reason we call him the Warden. You know, <laughs> he's our best DB. Tyree Kill is their best receiver. And I think we're going to see some, maybe not all, some matchups. Honestly, defending Tyree Kill is the least of my worries because Tyree Kill is still going to be Tyree Kill. He's going to do what Tyree Kill is going to do. My, my worry is Travis Kelsey in this game because – like it or not, Cleveland's linebackers aren't that great, and we have struggled covering the tight end all year. That is my main worry on this offense. Yeah, but the Browns do have a linebacker, which is my favorite name to say in all of football. And Wes could tell you, in the beginning of the season, Wes, I talked about Taki Taki. Taki Taki is my boy. He has been a beast this year, and he came on late in the year. You know, he struggled a little bit early on. And, of course, that's to be expected when you be- when you don't really have an offseason. But he's a, he, he came up big with a turnover last week, and I feel like he can get the job done. And the Browns have kind of gotten, gotten the linebacker job done by committee, you know, with um, production from Taki Taki, production from B.J. Goodson, production from the former Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith. I mean, we even got a Bama boy in there, but let's just say that Bama boy ain't that great. <laughs> hey, easy now. Easy now, Kangas. All right, guys, it's it's do or die time now. We have the Chiefs being favored here by 10 and a half points, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, so so your Browns are double-digit underdogs, Kangas. Who are you taking in this game to win the game? I mean, that line is absurd. I mean, I've even seen sports pundits like Colin Cowturd, as I like to call him. 
even say that that line is absurd. I mean, the Browns just put up 48 points, 48 points against a number three defense in the league. They put up 42 against the Ravens, who are in the top 10 of defenses in the league. Scoring will not be a problem for them. It's going to be keeping Patrick Mahomes off that field and getting the timely turnover. I'm taking the Browns in this one. For the win straight up? Yes. Okay. All right, JB. What about you? What are you thinking? I don't think they – I'm not going to take them to win the game straight up. Obviously, the Chiefs are a Super Bowl favorite. Um, I don't like the double-digit line, though. I think that, like Kanga said, they've been able to put up points – the Kansas City defense is a little bit underrated. You know, people don't talk about it as much because they're so busy talking about the offense. But I don't think they'll be able to stop this running game. I think that Chubb and Hunt, both on the ground and in the air, will cause enough problems. I really like Austin Hooper this week. He's been getting a lot of targets. Baker's look good for the second half of the year. He looks like he's locked in. So I think their offense will put enough points on the board to cover the spread. So I would take them to cover the spread. But, Kangas, if you think they're going to win the game, you should reach out to Scott Frankel over there in Vegas and tell him to put something on the money line for you. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I got a rebuttal for that. Yeah, KC defense is underrated. But let me, let me, let me throw something at you. You know how, how good they are against a, uh, against a run? They're ranked 22nd. 22nd. Their $20 million man on defensive end, Frank Clark, was 92nd in pass rush win weight. 54th in pressure rate. I mean, the defense has struggled at the end of the season, and they lost to the Raiders. You know, anything can happen, and Sammy Watkins just gave us more bulletin board material, like Juju Smith-Schuster, or Poo-Poo Schmoocher, as I like to call him, (laughs) and uh, Chase Maplepool. (laughs) You know, they don't, nobody expects us to win, and that, that is the best thing. We are underdogs, no. and we love it. No, that is where it seems like the the Cleveland Browns, the dog pound, really t- uh, kind of specialize in is whenever they're underdogs, and it's a us against the world kind of mentality. I don't know though. This week, uh, the 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 odds are stacked against them, especially coming with Andy Reid off of a bye week. He, he, we know that he's got that great record. I do think that Cleveland will be able to move the ball, not only on the ground, but also through the air whenever they need to. This is going to be one of those times where I hope the Cleveland Browns can get, I hope you heard me. I hope the Cleveland Browns are going to be able to keep that Kansas City offense off the field. I don't think Kansas City will be able to run the ball very effectively against that Brown defense at all. Kansas City will have to pass, pass, pass to be able to win that game. And if you pass that many times, you might be susceptible to one of those turnovers that you talked about, Kangas. I will take Cleveland to cover the spread. I will still have to. I will still have to see it to believe it. In order uh, to to for Kansas City to lose this ball game and for Cleveland to win, but Kangas, rest assured, I will be cheering my heart out for that to happen. Okay. Wes, you are one of the dog pound. You are an honorary okay. member of the dog pound. Okay, I will take. <laughs> I will take it. Great job. Great job, Kangas. Uh, JB, tell everybody where they can find Kangas on Twitter again, please, sir. Yeah, of course. They could find Kangas at Kangasman, K-A-N-G-A-S-M-A-N underscore F-S. Kangas, thank you so much for jumping on with us, man. You did a great job, and we could definitely hear. Hey, listen, if the Browns do lose that energy like you talked about earlier, maybe they could borrow some from you, man. You definitely bring it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I always got, I always bring the juice, JB. I'm, it was a pleasure being on here. I'm glad you guys finally got me on here. I know I've been tweeting at you to get me on here. So, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It was great talking to you both. Thanks for coming, too, brother. Kangas. Thank you, Kangas. Boy, JB, that was that was a handful. Uh, always start off. We start off. We may have started off a little bit too hot with Kangas right there, you know. And people are going to have to come in and follow him up. I don't know how we're going to be able to do that with this Rams Packer game that we have next. Anything you want to elaborate on what Kangas said? Well, Kangas reminds me of you know watching WWF back in the day, and you know they go to the the locker room to interview the guy, and he's all fired up, and and he's coming at you, brother. <laughs> and that's what Kangas reminds me of, man. But I mean, he he definitely made a lot of good points on on the Browns playing that underdog role. I like that. You know, they're they're you know in that us against the world type of mindset and you add on the factor of Kareem Hunt, you know, kind of getting dismissed by Kansas city and picked up by the Browns and wanting to come in there and prove something. It really is that, you know, nobody believes in us and we're going to show them type of thing. So I do think obviously they have a chance. I did say last week that I thought that they would have a chance to beat Pittsburgh. And sure enough, they did pretty handily. Um, I just don't know that, they'll be able to take out a powerhouse like the Chiefs, especially off of a bye week coming in well-rested. So I don't think that's, that they'll be able to hang. That's going to be tough. If they can, if they can, you know, rest or, or make it through that first bit of energy storm, you know, because Kansas City is going to be fired up. I'm not sure what the crowd details are going to be there in Kansas City, but if they can just make it through that first wave of that emotional wave, and, and as long as they don't come in flat, I think they have a puncher's chance, my friend. I think they do. And JB, now we have got somebody on here to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs real quick. Okay, we just had Kangas on, and Mike, let me just tell you, Kangas was all fired up about his Cleveland Browns heading into Kansas City. And so now we want to pick your brain about these Kansas City Chiefs that will be defending their home turf and the best record, I think, in, in professional football, or at least the best team in professional football, your Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations on making it this far into the playoffs, Mike. Thanks, and I just have to say real quick, of course, Kingus is going to be happy because they finally won a game. <laughs> what was it, 1994? Yeah. <laughs> a quarter of a century. A quarter of a century is what I, what I, way I put it. I didn't want to have Kangas jumping all over me for sad. So I just put a quarter there. I figured he wouldn't be able to do the math real quick, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and for those of you listening, the guy who just joined us is our friend Mike Hicks. You can find him at Chief Fan One Zero Zero Two on the Twitter machine. He's a writer for Going for Two in the pregame HQ. He's a huge Chiefs fan. He's a sports betting specialist. And he's here to talk Kansas City Chiefs with us. Yeah. All right. Sure. Glad to have you with us, Mike. Glad to have you with us. Hey, Mike, what do you see the uh, path to victory being for the Kansas City Chiefs? Or I, I, maybe it's a double-barreled question. This is not fair. Do they have a path to losing this game? Because really, a 10.5-point favorite into this weekend, it just it seems like all the things are adding up for them to be able to be victorious. I'll be honest. There is a path to losing, and that's Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb running all over us. I mean, our defense, our running game has struggled but in the last six or seven weeks. But we all know that it just takes a few big plays from Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, and whoever else that the Chiefs are going to throw out there. So the way that, we, that the Chiefs lose this game is if the Browns 
keep the ball away, run the ball down the throat. But I'm just going to say it right here. The reason I don't think that's going to happen is I don't trust Baker Mayfield to make the big plays when it has to be done. Oh, that's a good point, Mike. And, and, you know, the first half of the season, Baker was struggling a bit to make those decisions. And I think Stefanski really kind of dialed it back a little bit, focused on the running game. And then it kind of opened things up for Baker. And I, I, you made a good point in talking about Chubb. And I think Hunt in that revenge game narrative is looking to have a big game. So what do you think the absolute key to the Chiefs actually winning this game is going to be? I think the key... Besides the running game, because I just looked into this earlier, I didn't even realize it. Between weeks 11 through 17, the Chiefs are second worst against the tight end, but sixth best against wide receivers on defense. It's going to be stopping Austin Hooper, but it's also just going to be the passing game for the Chiefs. We all know you have Tyreek Hill. We all know there's Travis Kelsey, but... We don't know the out we don't know the outlook of CEH yet, but if CEH cannot play, I look for either Darwin or Daryl Thompson to have a couple decent plays in the passing game that'll take us over the top. That's one of the things I've noticed with Kansas City, Mike, is that last year on their path to the Super Bowl, it really seemed like those running backs started to shine in the playoffs. And I know Patrick Mahomes did his thing, of course, but that screen game that Andy Reid loves to implement in his offense is just missing from that passing repertoire this year. I know Kelsey can get it done. I know Hill can get it done. But it doesn't seem like Le'Veon Bell's been able to step into that role. CEH is either not healthy or not grasping completely that offense. And that's the part that I think is missing and could be really costly. But can Mahomes just pick up all that and we don't even have to worry about the passing game or the running game this year? I don't think so. The thing that, like you just mentioned with the whole screen game is what bugged me about the team the most in the run game was before we got Le'Veon Bell. Once we got inside the 20, CH couldn't do anything. The talk before the season was, oh, CH is going to be this all-around back, this stud guy. I don't think that's the case anymore, and I think that they're realizing that we're hurting more with Damian Williams opting out at the beginning of the season. I know he had good intentions on opting out because his mother was ill on top of all the COVID. But like you said, Le'Veon Bell isn't doing what we thought he would. Luckily, we got him on a cheap deal. Something's got to give because there was too many games in the regular season that were closer games. And I'm sick of hearing in mainstream media, oh, the Chiefs can turn it on when it gets tight. You know, they can turn it on, close games can turn into blowouts, whatever. In the playoffs, you can't play that game. You might be able to play that game against a weaker team, but once you get deeper into the playoff run, you're going to lose that way. And last year's defense for the Chiefs was better than this year's defense, and that scares me a little bit. Yeah, and Mike, you mentioned the defense, and there's not a lot of talk about the defense because everybody's so busy talking about Patrick Mahomes and the offense when they talk about the Chiefs. But obviously any defense that has the Honey Badger back there roaming around, and and Wes is a big fan of the Honey Badger. He talks about him a lot on the show. 
Um, any defense that has him kind of anchoring that back end there is going to be kind of dangerous. I think that the Chiefs defense is a little bit underrated. You're right. They might not be the same as they were last year. But I kind of think that they have enough to get it done here and kind of get them to the Super Bowl or at least get them past Baker Mayfield this week. What do you think? I think we do. It's just I don't want them to have to rely on – they just need to step it up a little bit is all I'm saying. I just don't want to have to rely on Mahomes the entire time because sooner or later it's going to bite us in the butt. I can I can understand that. Of course, you have going for you Andy Reid having a spectacular record coming off of a bye week. The Chiefs are now 10.5-point favorites in some places. Do you think Chiefs can cover that spread this week, Mike? So I'm about to turn in my article for going for two. I wrote the article at 10. I'm changing it to 10.5 before I turn it in, and I am picking them not to cover. I think it's going to be an 8- to 9-point victory. Wow. That, that's that, uh, JP, you said the same thing, and so did I as we were talking to Kangas. Now, I'll tell you this, Mike, uh, uh, JP, Kangas said the Browns were going to win just outright, right? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. What kind of odds do we have on the money line there, Mike, if somebody was uh, in Kangas's mindset and thinks the Browns could win the game outright? I'm not sure what it is. I think it's like last time I saw it was like three-something plus three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That'd be a good one to uh, take if you're Kangas. But I still have to wait and see. The the Kansas City Chiefs lose this game. Probably too much firepower, but I do think the Browns will be able to move the ball up and down the field on that Kansas City Chief defense, unfortunately, this week, Mike. And I'm going to be rooting for the Browns just because I I, got to root for that underdog, man. I was a Cubs fan growing up, so it's always the underdog for me. I get it. <laughs> and since Mike's a, a, a betting expert here, I think that uh, if anything, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, I think that something to look at here is going to be the over-under if you're going to play something on this game. You know, if you're a little bit worried about a double-digit spread and think the game's going to be around 9, 10 points, I, I think this game could absolutely be a shootout. You know, we talk about both offenses kind of clicking when it matters and I think the over-under is at like 57 and a half. I, I think this game could get into the 60s. What do you think? I think I agree. I've seen a lot of people on the Twitter world say, it. you know, watch out. It could be going under. But I think it could start out slow. The Chiefs this whole year have been starting out slow, giving me headaches, making me throw my hat all around the living room. But <laughs> when the second quarter and the second half pick up and both teams are trying to score, I agree with you, JB. I think if it's 57 and a half, I'm betting over. If it's 59-60, I'm probably leaving it alone. Okay. Do you have any other favorite plays this weekend from any of the other games? Anything jump out at you? The one that jumps out to me, and I know people want to talk about the whole old man versus old man, but there's just something gut feeling that's telling me Saints are going to Saints are gonna ruin Tom Brady's party. Hang up on him. Hang up on him, okay. Wes. Get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, James. <laughs> no, we I still love you, Mike. Don't worry. I'll yes. forgive you. Yes. <laughs> That's I a good one, though. I, I'm glad you I said. know you don't have the um, home field advantage in the Superdome with, you know, everything with COVID going on. But if Kamara can get going, I think Kamara is going to be the key. I know Tampa Bay's got, I think it's like the number three, one of the top three run defenses in the league, but if they can get it going, 
I think they'll win. More Thank you very talk much. about that later in the show also, Mike. And <laughs> make sure you check out Mike's article over at Going for Two. Check him out at ChiefFan1002 on Twitter. You can see his work there. And, Mike, you know, when we get into the Bucks saints preview later, you'll hear my thoughts on Kamara and, and how that game will pan out, obviously from a bit of a biased perspective. Oh, but. <laughs> I know we will, JB. I know we will. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us. Thank you for taking the time tonight. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate you, Mike. Well, that one was interesting, JP. I, Mike Mike jumped right in there and gave us that interesting perspective on, on some gambling advice, not only for that game, but also for the Saints. Yeah, and you know what I loved about what Mike was saying in, in that segment, Wes, was that he was a realistic Chief fan. You know, he wasn't coming in there firing with the best team in the world. Nobody could beat us. You know, Mike came in there and he told it how it was. Look, I'm a little bit worried about the running game. You know, I think this could be a closer game than people think. He shot it real. He told us, you know, exactly from a a, a Chiefs fan's perspective, but a realistic one. And I like that. Yes, and and I have a realistic fan here for me. Uh, This is a buddy of mine who helped me out during some dynasty draft uh, leagues that I joined for the first time this year. And one of his, he had some great advice for me when joining this dynasty. He said, Wes, don't worry about dynasty stuff. These guys aren't going to be on your team in five years anyway. You're going to be trading them. You're going to be dropping them. You're going to be doing things. So just get the best player. I I said, okay, nudgy wudgy. That's what I will do because that's how you find him on Twitter at Nudgy Wudgy. But he's my good friend Daniel from Twitter. How you doing tonight, Mister Nudge? I'm doing great, but I do gotta throw out right away. It, it is Nuggy. It's Nuggy Wuggy. I like no, I like no. Nudgy. I always do it in my head. It's Nudgy, Daniel. Hey, you can keep it that way, but for everybody else, it's Nuggy. I'll let you have it, Wes. Okay. I like it, Daniel. I like the Nuggy, and you could find him on Twitter at. Nuggy, N-U-G-G-I-E, not Noogie, it's Nuggy underscore Wuggy, W-G-G-I-E. And he's the man to call for all your real estate needs if you're in the San Diego area as well. Yes, I, I see that too. And I don't know that I can move over to San Diego or not, but I know I have a friend there that can give me some good advice on a nice home or two to buy there in, in San Diego. I doubt if I could even afford a home. What's a, a three-bedroom uh, two bath home in you know just in a regular old residential neighborhood running for to nowadays in San Diego. Oh, you're looking at about uh six six hundred six fifty, um six hundred fifty thousand dollars is probably going to get you in a good a good home though. It'll be in great condition. Oh my, you can live like a king like that in here in Alabama, JB. I tell you yeah. what, if you if you move down to Moulton, Alabama, for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you're going to have yourself about sixty acres of land and a huge house on top of it. Yeah, my wife and I were talking about that during COVID. We should just go south. We were looking at houses in a bunch of different states in Florida and Georgia, North Carolina, and going, man, look at the house we can get for what we're paying here on Long Island, New York. It's like, man, if we didn't have all the family here and, and, you know, everybody we want to spend time with and have free babysitting services when we have kids, we probably would make the move. It makes sense financially, but we're stuck here. I understand that. Now, now, Nuggie. Uh, Daniel, we uh, brought you on because you're our L.A. Ram expert right now. And one of the things that I am concerned about for the Rams going into this game, into Green Bay, are all the injury concerns that are going on there with Aaron Donald, uh, with uh, Cooper Cup, and also with that quarterback situation. Can you clarify any of those things for us right now? Yeah, of course. Um, I want to first come out and say I'm not really worried about Aaron Donald because I am convinced he's Superman. 
So <laughs> we're gonna go past that one just because you know he says he has he's not feeling the ribs too much, which I'm surprised. I've been hurting the ribs, but nothing near what he is going through right now. As for the quarterback situation, that is the biggest question for the Rams by far right now. Uh, John Wolford was actually rolled out earlier today. So it, it comes down to Jared Goff. And if, I mean, if it happens to go to this, Blake Bortles is our black backup right now. Oh my. Um, Jared Goff, I am, I am hoping he can play the role of a game manager. That's what we need from him. And I see a game manager as somebody that just doesn't make mistakes. I'm just worried about those pins in his uh, thumb when it comes to under 30 degree weather. I know that's not going to feel good. Yeah, you're right. You're right on that. Yeah, I actually saw that there was a chance of snow flurries as well. So it's going to be very uncomfortable for a team from Los Angeles going into Green Bay to try to pull out a win there in inclement weather with a banged up quarterback. So there's a lot going against the Rams this week. So tell me, Daniel, what do you think the key to the Rams actually pulling off an upset is going to be? Well, it's been preached over and over again, but I do have to say that the rushing game is that really with the hurt quarterback is the only thing that really matters for um, the Rams. And the reason I say that is because if we look at the three losses that uh, – the Packers suffered this uh, past year. Colts, 140 rushing yards. Minnesota, 173 rushing yards. Bucks, 158 rushing yards. Um, that was the that was the one difference in the game when they won. It's it's those rushing yards to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. It's the most important I thing for me. I can understand that because that is a very potent Green Bay offense. But your defense is very spectacular as well. That secondary is great with Jalen Ramsey. Not only that, but with Aaron Donald stopping the run. Uh, will Ramsey be able to negate Devontae Adams this week, though? Um, You know, this is – I am so excited to see Ramsey versus um, Devontae Adams because who doesn't want to see – the number one versus the number one. I'm pretty sure you can argue one or two, whatever you want to do, but those are some of the best at their position in the league right now. So it's going to be fun to see him. And I, I personally, I think he is going to be able to stop them. And the reason I think so is if you just take a look at the stats that Ramsey has put up against some of the best that he's played. I mean, we saw what he did DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf this whole year in the three games they faced him. He had less than 100 yards. That's, I mean, for what we've seen DK Metcalf become, that is an extraordinary performance by Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I can't wait to watch that matchup. You know, everyone's going to be watching the line of scrimmage and the ball getting snapped and what the quarterback's going to be doing. I'm going to be watching that Adams-Ramsey matchup as much as possible until I can't see it anymore on the on the TV screen. I mean, that's just – it's literally – and you could be politically correct and say first or second, but that's the best cornerback in the league and the best wide receiver in the league, and it's going to be a heck of a matchup. I you know you touched on Cam Akers earlier, and I do like Akers this week. I think that Green Bay is susceptible to a running game, and I think Akers has proven that he can handle the workload. But I'm worried about the receiving core for the Rams. You know, obviously Cup is banged up. Woods is probably going to see Jair Alexander a lot, who in my mind is a top three or a top five at worst cover cornerback in the league. So he'll probably travel with Woods a lot of the game. Reynolds will get Kevin King on the other side. So, I mean, with with those cover corners and a banged up cup, 
What do you think they're going to be able to do in the passing game if the ground game doesn't completely get rolling? Did I mention uh, the ground game? Can I go back and talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I am extremely worried. And I'm not going to lie. I, I There's been a lot of golf slander. And I was actually rooting for Wolford to start this game. Hmm. Um, I, I'm, compl- I'm extremely worried because I don't think if we get the ground game up and running, we don't have a chance to win this game. If I'm going to be a completely honest Rams fan. Um, it's just... That defense, that the um, Alexander is an extraordinary corner, and if he goes on Woods, and Cooper Cup isn't able to step up to the plate, then I'm I'm going to be extremely worried about this game. However, I do have a little hope. We've had some great games from our tight ends, and if Higby can make some appearances um, on a couple big plays, I think that will definitely keep us in the game. Oh, that's a lot of hope right there. Okay, uh, we got Daniel. Let me ask you this question: You got uh, your 19 points. 19 points is what you're slated for, I think, on some places, and right or 13 points actually is what I have you slated for right now off of Odd Shark. Green Bay is slotted for 30 points here by them. You're a six and a half point underdog. Do you think the Rams can rent outright or at least cover the spread? Um, that I if. I think it's possible. I, I was actually just talking. I give it a 25% chance for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. That's where I'm at. I don't, I'm not unrealistic. I just, that six and a half is going to be tough. If we get the run game going, I'm saying yes, of course. But if we're not, I, I don't feel confident at all, if I'm being completely honest. All right. We are going to save and reserve our comments till after we talk to our Green Bay Packer expert. But, Daniel, thank you so much for jumping on with us tonight at, I'm going to say it, Nudgy Wudgy. I like Nudgy Wudgy. I like that. <laughs> I like Nuggy Wuggy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I, I do have a one bold take I want to throw out to you guys. Yeah. Be very wary of putting Devontae Adams in any type of DFS. I I would a hundred percent say to keep him out of your lineups. If that was uh, my personal that's what, that's what I'm gonna be doing in my DFS lineups. Let me just put it that way. All right. That is a good advice from a man who knows. Thank you so much. Make sure you follow him over on Twitter. You have your own little, you have your own Rams show, don't you? Yeah, it's actually at Across the Rams. Um, We do a episode, multiple episodes every single week. So a lot of Rams content going out. Awesome. I like that. I'll have to share that with Andrew Cooper. Friend of the show has an aunt that we call Auntie Coop and she always listens to shows and she's a huge Rams fan. I mean, she's always decked out in Rams gear and and always talking Rams. So I'll have to share that with her. Auntie Coop would like that. Oh, perfect. I look forward to interacting with her. (laughs) Thank you, Daniel, so much. Have a great night. Bye. All right, JB, that was pretty good. We're doing okay right now. We're we're finding our rhythm. We're finding our rhythm with all these guys. Wonderful guests, though. They really know their stuff. Uh, I'm very impressed with all these people that you have lined up right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the next one is is a big friend of the show. This is the one that I alluded to earlier that Woo-hoo! has a Fantasy Magnets hat, a Fantasy Magnets shirt, always listening to the show, sharing the show. He's he's on there all the time. He sent us a picture of his dog in the Fantasy Magnets hat. <laughs> this is one of the biggest friends of the show that we have. This is our friend Michael Steinberg at YHNY Dad. He was a top five finisher in the Raz Bowl this year, and he's a cheesehead living in New York. Welcome Uh-oh. to the show, Michael. Thanks for having me. There's one thing I have to say. Finally, champ 
is here. <laughs> Having won the fantasy magnets best ball tournament. Yeah, I left that out of your intro. But yes, Michael was the winner of the inaugural Fantasy Magnets Best Ball League. He had a really good team. He had a good draft, put together a nice run, and the champ is here. That's correct, man. Was that the one with the sirens going off and everything? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I remember that one now. I, Michael, congratulations on that one. That was wonderful. I had a blast doing that show and recording it live on the air and all those noises coming in at me. I hope we don't hear those same kind of noises coming in at us during inauguration week next week. That's all I know. <laughs> Hopefully not. But uh, no, I listened to the whole uh, whole podcast afterwards. I mean, we did the draft, and we're all in the draft, and you couldn't hear like what you guys were talking about or anything. But I yeah. did go back and listen to it. So. Well, good. I'm glad you did. And Michael, don't don't be don't be shy. Whatever you're speaking into, make sure you speak into it real good. I just can see some problems coming that way. So just speak into it real nice and clear for me, and we won't have any issues. But Michael, you are a Green Bay Packer fan, and one of the things I was wondering. Does it matter who's playing quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams this week? Because right now we've just been told that Wolford is going to be out, so it's going to most likely be Jared Goff is what I'm imagining. But in that environment, with that great defensive backfield, does it matter who's playing quarterback this week? Will the Green Bay Packers be able to successfully defend their home turf? Well, I mean, I think when you're looking at the, we're looking at the defense, um, you know, the Smith brothers – going, you know, full force and with J.R. Alexander and King back there. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I know um, in doing a little research on the game, being prepared for this, is that, you know, in 35 degree weather or less, Jared Goff has no touchdowns, five picks, and a 34.5 passer rating. So, oh. you know, if it's Jared Goff in 34 degree and it's going to be i checked the weather the weather they're lucky that it's going to stop snowing around eight o'clock in the morning nine o'clock in the morning but the weather at the start of the game is going to be 34 degrees by the end of the game it's going to be 32 degrees so let's see how they do this warm weather team from california let's see how they do in the in the war in the in the cold of lambeau field the tundra yeah and michael you mentioned jair alexander and He's one of my favorite defensive players in the league. I've been talking about him a lot this year. And Kevin King on the other side is no slouch either. So this this secondary is pretty good. Even the safeties, Savage, Amos, it's a good secondary. So I think with a banged up Goff, a banged up Cup, and that great secondary, I think the passing game should be negated for the Rams. Are you concerned about Cam Akers and the run game at all against your rushing defense, which has allowed some big games this year? Um, I think you always have to. I mean, the fact of the matter is they've given up yards on the ground. Um, and, you know, Akers has shown uh, over the last, you know, half of the season when he started to finally get going that he has, you know, he has some juice. He, can, he has uh, some giddy up in him and some twitchiness. And, um, you know, I think they're going to give up. Listen, it's not going to be they're not going to do what Buffalo did years ago and keep them to like one touchdown and six points for the whole game or seven points. The Rams will score. I mean, they will score. Uh, I don't think they score more than Packers. I think they're going to struggle. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I think that the defense, which 
as some people underrate them, but you know, they've been doing really well and they've been surprising people and they've been holding people. Um, you know, they had the one one rough game against a certain team. We won't mention that team, JB. But um, <laughs> aside from that one game, you know, they've had a really good season and that defense has held up really well. I have wondered what was happened, what has happened to Aaron Jones. I thought going into the season, it was going to be the Aaron, Aaron, and Adams uh, law firm there in, in Green Bay. But it seems like Aaron Jones has been, been the forgotten man. He didn't finish too bad of a season, but still, it doesn't seem like they concentrate on him like they did at the end of last year. Are they going to pick that pace up with him going into the playoffs, or is he still the odd man out? Well, I think that, I mean, and I, as a Packers fan watching it, um, you get very frustrated because Aaron Jones starts and he's going well, and then you take him out of the game and you put Jamal Williams. Now, Jamal Williams has done a lot better this year than in his previous years uh, when we used to use other names for him and used to take his name and modify it a little. Um, <laughs> Jamalful. Jamalful, exactly. <laughs> but um, this year he's done, you know, he's done really well. The thing is, I hate the the thing, but I think part of it was that they were trying to preserve Aaron Jones for the playoffs and, you know, and get him there and not work him. And they've got the extra back, you know, in, in Williams, who's doing, was able to be very serviceable this year. And um, it still bothers me, this rotation. But, um, I mean, Aaron Jones, if, I, if I'm correct, got like 1,100 yards or something this year. So, he did. He surprised you know, me, too. He finished in the top five in a PPR. And, and it bothers me, too, Michael, because I think that Aaron Jones is one of the premier backs, it, it, like, athletically and, and just skill-wise. I think he could be a, a top five, top ten back in the league if used as a bell cow back. I think he'll be able to get work this, this game. I think that the game script does favor the Packers to win the game and, and be able to run the ball. The other thing I'm concerned about, Michael, is Devontae Adams is going to have that Jalen Ramsey matchup. That's going to be, we talked about a little bit with Nuggy Wuggy on the last half of this game, but that's the best cornerback and the best wide receiver in the league going at it all game. So if Ramsey's able to negate Adams a little bit, look, he's still going to get his catches. He's probably still going to score his touchdown, but the Rams are also very good against the tight end, so they might be able to take Tunyon out of the game. I'm afraid that an MVS or a Lazard might have to make a play down the stretch. And I don't know if they'll be able to. What do you think? I Well, I mean, I think in certain ways. I mean, first of all, Adams is going to get his. He's going to get his. He's going to be covered by a, you know, a great uh, cornerback. So it is going to be very tough. But, you know, he's scored a touchdown in every game he's played except for three. And one of them, he left the game injured. Um, so... You know, Rodgers is going to find him. I think the scheme that they use, very similar to what we were watching, if you watch uh, the national championship, and that scheme just, their their wide receiver was open every single time they wanted. You know, what they do with their scheme here in Green Bay um, with the motion, first of all, you got Aaron Rodgers back there with all the experience, and then you do the motion and you force the defense to give away what they're doing. So all of a sudden, Rodgers knows what he's looking at and knows where he has to go. And he's getting out the ball a lot quickly when he can. Um, so and 
Adams is his favorite target. You know, it doesn't matter where he is on the field and who's on him. He seems to be able to always get him the ball. Um, I do think you're right, though. I think that um, it's going to be it's going to be a MVS. It's a Lazard, Equinania St. Brown, um, maybe a couple to Mercedes Lewis, um, you know, Tanyan and Tanyan. You know, he's going to have a rough time. But, I, you know, big target in the end zone, um, big target in the end zone, crossing patterns and things. Um, so I think they're going to be able to score. I think they're going to be able to, you know, move on this defense. It is a great defense. Let's not get anything, but I think they're going to be able to move. And I, you know, the coach has turned out to be, you know, we were all a little worried what was happening with him, but he's turned out to be really well, you know, Rogers has bought into the system mm-hmm. and he, la- he really has. And I, uh, Michael, I hear what you're saying on all that, and I do agree with you that the Packers are going to be able to move the ball quite a bit. But will they be able to move the ball enough to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread on Sunday? Oh, God, the spread. I am never good with the spread. Uh, okay. <laughs> to be fairly honest, I like to – I'm like I, – I, you know, six-and-a-half, it's within a touchdown. Within a yeah. touchdown, you know, if you had said the spread was six, seven or seven and a half, you know, it was more than a touchdown. I'd be uh, worried. Six and a half. Um, excuse me. My dog is trying to. I hear that. I, the, the, the dog. I think the dog believes it's the going to be. Covered. Dog thinks he is, cover. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think one touchdown, they can win by one touchdown. So, Thank you. So Michael, I want to thank you very much for all your support that you've given us throughout this year. Uh, it has been great to be able to see you. And and actually, you know, JB, this is fitting because like you said at the beginning of the podcast, there's that picture of the dog wearing the fantasy magnet gear and she had to make sure she made her appearance yep, on this podcast. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> but thank Absolutely. you so much, Michael, for joining us. Where can they find him, JB? At YHNYDad on the Twitter machine. Thank all you, right. guys. Thank you, Mike. All right, JB, as we bring in our next guest here, let me get your thoughts about this Los Angeles Rams and Green Bay Packer game since uh, we've had those two experts on for us. How do you see this game going? Yeah, you know, we talked about the the Browns and Chiefs being a high-scoring game that could get into the 60s. I think this is going to be the opposite. I think this could be a game that stays in the 40s. You know, I, I think that maybe even under 40. I, I think the over-under on, on the, the total on this one is about 45 and a half. So I think it stays closer to that 40 mark. I think it's going to be a ground and pound type of game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I do think the Packers should be able to win the game, especially with the, the banged up weapons on the Rams offense. But I think the Rams defense will be able to hold them back enough to at least make an entertaining first game on the slate for Saturday. I do think that Cam Akers should be able to have a big game. And I think Brown could possibly do the same thing as well. You never know about Cam Akers and his health status uh, throughout the game. It seems like he'd get a little bit banged up, but they're really going to have to re- rely on that run game and those kind of screen passes that they do, especially if Cooper Cup is banged up. But I, I don't see 
other than like uh, uh, a nudgy wudgy, I'll say nudgy wudgy. <laughs> other than what he was saying about Devontae Adams maybe not having a big game, I like the explosive plays that Aaron Rodgers always looks for MVS to have at least once or twice in the game. And I don't think that they're going to shy away from that this week as well. I like both, all those guys on DFS. I'm going to be stacking them up and knocking them down. Speaking of stacking somebody up, we've got a, I, I hope somebody, I don't even know who this is. AB, do you know who this is next as our guest uh, on the Fantasy Magnet podcast? Oh, yeah. We're moving over to the next game, which is the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills, which I'm excited for. I think this is going to be a really good game. And with us now is our Ravens correspondent. We got Annie O.D. with us that you could find at Sweet Annie O.D. on Twitter. She's the host of O.D. on Sports. She's a Dodgers and a Lakers fan, so she's got a championship pedigree, and she's had a pretty good year. Um, Also a very knowledgeable hockey person, if you're into that sort of stuff. And she's someone who isn't afraid to share some of the weird random DMs with terrible pickup lines that she gets on Twitter. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Annie. What a great intro. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks uh, for jumping on with us. I know it was kind of last minute, and we we're trying to get it worked out with your schedule, and, and I'm so glad you were able to join us. No, I'm, uh, we're making plans, you know, as we're driving on the highway kind of thing. I'm back in San, I'm in California right now, so the, time's, the, the time difference makes it a little weird because it's still technically a work day, you know, kind of, I guess, when <laughs> yeah. y'all are recording this, but glad we could make it work. I'm so pumped to be here. So how does a Ravens fan end up in California, Annie, if you don't mind me asking? It's a, all right, this, we're going to, I figured we would have to tell this story, <laughs> but um, I, I'm a, love sports, obviously. Um, I actually grew up a San Diego Chargers fan. Okay. And uh, of course, going through that life, you don't get me started, you know, uh, <laughs> it was not pleasant <laughs> to say the least. And in 2017, when Dean Spanos decided to ship the team up to Los Angeles, I used it as my out and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. You want to disrespect my city like that? I'm cutting it off. I'm, I'm taking my escape route. So I just played fantasy football for four years. I called myself a free agent fan and I was just like, no, I'm just going to enjoy football and play fantasy and just watch games for the enjoyment of it and loved it. I actually feel like I enjoyed football more, not rooting for a team, but Mm -hmm. I missed the factor where I, I missed the personal investment in a game and playing fantasy. You get to know certain players and actually getting into the fantasy community uh, on Twitter. I met a, I met a, a creator by the name of Lawrence Jackson, the fantasy football Lord, who is amazing. Shout out to Lawrence. And he reached out to me and said, Hey, this, this free agent fan thing. Uh, let's, let's put an end to that. How about I help you pick a team on Instagram live? And I was like, okay, why not? So hopped on there and it was like a 45 minute run through of each team, you know, narrow it down and ended up with the Baltimore Ravens. So I have been gung ho ever since I am learning, you know, following all the fans on Twitter. I am kind of digging deep into the history and everything like that. It's been so much fun just kind of picking up a new team because all my teams that I root for now, I've cheered for since I was a kid. So this is something very new for me picking it up in my late 20s. Very good. That's Thank awesome. you for explaining that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So, yeah, congratulations then on advancing to the next round of the playoffs. And now, you're, of course, you're facing the Buffalo Bills. But I'm going to tell you, Ravens are on a path of destruction on their teams. They have won six straight games, 230 rushing yards in five of those six games. The defense has allowed 14 points or less in four straight, 20 points or less in six out of their last seven. How are they going to advance to the next round of the playoffs, in your opinion, Annie? Um, for one, you got to give credit where credit is due. The Buffalo Bills have had a great year as well. And I was, I will admit, I was rightfully wrong about Josh Allen and people have let me know that. I was not impressed last year. I was like, eh, this kid, you know, is he the guy to lead the Bills? And uh, he shut me up this year. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so some of the, some of the keys I think are, you know, you know, the Bills defense is going to attack Lamar where he's the strongest and that's on the ground. So you You know we're in for some long passes. So Hollywood, Marquise Brown, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar is one of Lamar's favorite targets. Mark Andrews, they've got to be big. They've got to be open. they got to make those big plays. And Marquise Brown, you know, he's stepped up a lot. He's, you know, we've had a few rough patches this year, and you can definitely tell that's kind of impacted Lamar's play. Lamar is one of those guys where he wants to be able to trust the weapons that he has on the field. And with Marquise struggling, that I, I believe, I think that impacted him as well. But he's shown up. He's come up big, especially in the last few games. So those guys are big keys. And kind of continuing on the same thing, the Ravens' defense needs to limit Josh Allen's ground game, kind of make him scramble, make him throw the football. And, you know, the Bills are a big passing team, which then leads us to more of the Ravens' defense. You know, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey covering and getting in front of Josh Allen's big weapons, Stephon Diggs, obviously, clearly the biggest addition to the Bills in the offseason. You know, that's going to be huge for them. You know, it's got to be yeah. <laughs> on top of that. Yeah. And then, ultimately, Lamar being Lamar. I literally have it written down here, Lamar being Lamar. Uh, you know, when he's on his game, when he's confident and he's sure of himself, he will do whatever it takes to give the Ravens the win. And I just feels like since I feel like the turning point for the Ravens this year was that COVID game against the Steelers on that Wednesday afternoon where we were all watching football and, you know, you had the third string, Robert Griffin, the third out there, but the Ravens fought back. They did not go down without a fight and just the energy from the team, everyone, you know, whether it's sharing on social media or interviewing, saying, yo, we left it all out there. We came within five points of this undefeated team. You know, there's a lot of fight left. This isn't over from us, uh, over for us. And from there, it was guns ablazing. And, you know, I, I may be biased, but I think if everything goes as well and they keep doing what they're doing, we're on to their seventh straight victory. Yeah, and Andy, I like that you brought up that COVID point because I think the players actually looked at that as a turning point also. And I actually heard, and you mentioned Marquise Brown, who goes by Hollywood Brown, looked more like Englewood Brown for most of the season, but he's reemerged as Hollywood again. So <laughs> I think that I heard him in an interview after last game. I was actually had to go somewhere, so I was listening to it on the radio. And they interviewed him after the game, and he said that when they had that COVID issue – it kind of made them all kind of take a step back and and kind of miss what they were doing and really reflect on what they have and and kind of cherish what they have in front of them. And I think, like you said, that kind of clicked from there and the offense started rolling from there. But I think a big part of the offense getting rolling was J.K. Dobbins getting rolling. And I think that he is a big part in making this 
a game or making this something that, like you said, the Ravens could win this game. Obviously, we know Lamar's got to play his part, but I think Dobbins is a big factor in this game. What do you think? Absolutely. And, you know, you hear it all the time when people, I mean, everyone talks about quarterback rankings and people are like, oh, Lamar doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have anyone to throw to. And I'm like, that's just disrespectful to our guy here. I mean, he has been <laughs> huge this year. And, uh, you know, I think that was one of my, you know, the first, I, I feel like I mainly talked about Marquise Brown in that first point, but he's got to, you know, he's just been insane. He had the touchdown uh, last game against the Titans. And, you know, I feel like going into this game, for one, I like the rapport that Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have for each other. I think Josh Allen gave an interview and he just said nothing but great things about Lamar. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, two of the guys out of that 2018 quarterback class. But coming in against, obviously, with the Titans, there's some bad blood there from the play. Oh, not only from the playoffs last year, but from the game. uh, I believe it was, I want to say week three was it week 10 or week 11 where yeah, they faced off and the Derrick Henry beat them, yeah, <laughs> beat them in overtime, you know, there's bad blood there. And, you know, they had the symbolic, you know, I did love, you know, the D line going and stomping on the logo. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but it's not like a juju thing, but you know, it was sending a message. So, uh, but yeah, I absolutely JK needs to have a huge game. Now, this is Annie O.D. joining us, sweet Annie O.D. on Twitter. Annie, i got another question for you here. I, I think that Sean McDermott is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. But I'll tell you, a guy who we're just kind of used to is John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh always seems to be able to uh, take his team and meld them together by the end of the season. This year, with all the COVID, different concerns that the team has had, uh, do you still give that same kind of respect with John Harbaugh? Has he done a good job this season? He's done a great job. I mean, you're coming off last year where they went 14-2, and two, Lamar having his unanimous MVP, or I feel like there was a lot of expectation on the Ravens this year. And maybe a, a bit of it unfair. Uh, you know, I think, it's unf- I think it was unfair for everyone to mm-hmm. think Lamar was going to repeat or do better, which, I mean, hey, he could have, but, you know, it's pretty normal for quarterbacks to not, I don't want to say meet expectations, but not put up the same numbers. And I feel like John Harbaugh is a huge component of keeping that locker room together, especially when the whole COVID thing went down and everyone's calling saying like the Ravens are, you know, all the, you know, crap about sure. everyone said the NFL favoring Baltimore and all that stuff. He was able to, you know, keep his team very composed. And that's key. I, I mean, you see it all the time in the NFL. You have, you mean, you got your locker room characters wherever you go and keeping that locker room together, especially when, you know, at the time when they were six and five, and they're like, yo, we got to win the next five games to even make the playoffs. It's do or die. We got to start playing playoff ball right now. And that starts in the locker room. I mean, you got the huddles with your team leaders, but at the end of the day, you know, the head coach plays a huge part in that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm going to throw my partner under the bus a little bit here, Annie. And, and Wes is, has talked throughout the year about him not having enough faith in Lamar Jackson's arm, and rightfully so. I mean, he's been inaccurate. He's shown some inaccuracies. Obviously, we all know what he could do with his feet. But I think in order to win this game against Buffalo, he's going to have to make some plays with his arm as well. Are you confident he'll be able to do that? I'm confident. Uh, I'm abs- I think they they know what to expect. They, I mean, I think Lamar knows they're going to be gunning for him on the ground. They're going to limit his mobility there. And I think he's ready to do it. He's, uh, I mean, I'll rightfully admit as a Lamar Jackson super fan over here, I will rightfully <laughs> admit that the arm is not the best in the NFL, but I do believe he has the potential to, 
you know, to win this game, whether it be, you know, where he's comfortable on the ground or with that arm of his. And I think he'll get it done. So the Bills are favored by two and a half points. Not only do you think the Ravens will cover that spread, but you think they'll win outright, Annie? Absolutely. Hey, that's what we expect out of a Ravens fan. But I, I do. I, I, I'll, I'll let, you'll have to listen to the answer. I want to get Petey's uh, thoughts and advice before I give my final answer on this. But, man, there's a lot of things stacking up really well for the Ravens this go around. And I think Mark Andrews should have a huge day. The Colts tight ends caught 14 passes for 136 yards last week. And so we all know that Mark Andrews is one of uh, Lamar's favorite targets. So I look for him to be a DFS darling this week. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I'm between him and another tight end for my one and done. So I'll, I'll debate on that. But Annie might be swaying me towards Andrews as well. So Annie, we appreciate you jumping on with us. And, and thanks again. We really, hey, hopefully if, if it works out, like you said, and they win another game, we can have you on again. So Yes, sir. Or yes, I ma'am, I should say. You. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank, Thank you, Annie. You. Appreciate it. Uh, she she knocked it out of the park there, right there, JB. You brought a ringer yes, onto did. the show. I thought she was going to take my job here after a little while. No, just, hey, and make job, sure you check job. her out at, at OD on Sports. You, know, you can find her on Twitter at Sweet Annie OD. She's the host of OD on Sports. And, you know, she's a very good Twitter follow as well. She's definitely always posting her thoughts and her content. And she'll make you laugh and she'll teach you something all on the same day. Yeah, I don't know if I can follow her. I think I'm on a follow limit. I think I'm in Twitter jail right now. I don't know what I did wrong. I've been speaking my voice and my opinions a little bit more maybe potently than I should have been on Twitter. And they may have slapped me around or it may have been the 300 unfollowers I dropped the other day all at one time. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> but we have a new friend. I've never talked to this guy, but anybody who's part of Bill's Mafia, I'm going to automatically respect JB. I think this is one of your friends, so I will let you bring Petey on. Absolutely. This is our boy, Petey Stitz. You can find him on Twitter at Petey Stitz. <laughs> Pretty easy to handle there. That's P-E-T-E-Y-S-T-I-T-Z. He's a contributor at Fighting Chance Fantasy. He recently became a video producer at Fantasy Alarm as well. He's oh. diehard Bill's Mafia. He's a girl dad too, just like you, Wes. And, and he apparently has the nicest wife in the world, even if she does lock him in the basement. So let's welcome <laughs> Petey Stitz in. What's up, Petey? Not much, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Doing, doing great, great Petey. Thank you so us. much. Yeah, thanks for having the, taking the time out to join us. I'm glad your wife cleaned up the basement a little bit for you. Hey, I'm glad you got a basement, man. I, I wish I had a basement. Here in Alabama, basements don't work really well. We got clay around here. So to put it on the clay, everybody I know of that has had a basement finds leakage in the basement. You know what I mean? Like it just it just doesn't work well in our environment. Fair enough. Um we don't get that problem too much out here, um, but uh, I, I enjoy it. This. this is my man cave. I don't call it my nope. basement. You know, it's 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 the man cave. It's my war room. Yeah. It's all the Bill stuff, oh. you know. Yes, sir. Uh, you'll have to give us a tour of that. What's, what do you mean a video uh, expert now here for Fantasy Alarm? What, what is that? Uh, so basically when they do their live streams uh, daily, um, what I'll do is I'll go through them, um, isolate, uh, segments, you know, if you want to, you know, maybe you only want to hear about one particular player, for instance, and they happen to cover that player uh, in their most recent live stream, you know, Alvin Kamara, just pulling a name out of the air. Um, what I'll do is I'll just isolate, you know, 90 seconds, maybe uh, worth of video, you know, just of them focusing on, on Alvin Kamara. So they repost it. So basically, you're not having to sift through, you know, a 60 minute live stream just to, you know, find, you uh, 
you know, what's pertaining to you uh, for that. You know, you can see like, oh, here's a clip about Alvin Kamara. I can click on that, watch it for 90 seconds, and I get everything I wanted out of it instead of having to sit through and search and all that stuff. I'm basically doing the hard work for the people. <laughs> no, that's, that, awesome. that's cool. I've been I've been dabbling in Capwing myself a little bit lately, trying to figure it out. I don't even know so that's if, that, if that's another language or not, but I mean, that's awesome that you get to work with Howard. I mean, we, we obviously we're we're family, we're FA nation. So just being able to work with Howard, Howard's a great guy. So it was awesome to see you get that opportunity, but we're here to talk Ravens. That. Yeah, for sure, man. And we're here to talk Ravens bills and we just had Annie Odeon talking the Ravens half of it. So we want to see your thoughts on the Bills side of the game, because I'll give a little spoiler alert. Annie thinks the Ravens could win this game. So what do you think the key to the Bills winning the game is going to be, Petey? Well, let me just say something real fast before I jump into it. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love the Bills I have since I was, you know, before I could walk. Um, but I'm also a cautious optimist. Um, and I've been burned enough times by this team where, listen, I'm not approaching anything as a guarantee. So, uh, I did spend some time, you know, kind of looking at both sides of this game. Uh, you know, Vegas has the uh, over-under at 50, so they're prepping for a, a big game. But so far, Buffalo is only favored at, you know, minus two and a half. So that also means that Vegas has no idea which way this thing is going. They're expecting a big game, but they have no idea which way, you know, this thing is going. So, um, you know, honestly, the, the Bills need to jump out to that big lead and, and, and quick, you know. Um, whether it's, you know, if you win that coin toss and, you know, you, you just take the ball right away, not worry so much about deferring and, and you know, getting it, getting that insurance for the second half, um, which, you know, I, I, I say get the ball, drive it down the field, you know, as best as you can, get those early points, get that early lead, and then kill the clock. And that's how you're going to beat this team. Um, our defense is going to have to focus on Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to have to anticipate Lamar Jackson running on every single play that they line up for. So, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit to, to focus specifically on that run uh, with that three-headed monster of Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. You know, Buffalo's defense tends to struggle with balanced offenses. Now, I'm not saying that Baltimore is necessarily a balanced offense, but let's face it, Marquise Brown has been coming in hot. You know, we all made fun of him midseason. We called him, you know, oh, is he really Hollywood Brown or is he more Netflix original Brown or, you know, <laughs> IFC <laughs> Brown, you know, because he wasn't really flashing. But let's face it, in the last few games, he's been flashing, you know, so it's something to pay attention to. You can't, you know, discount that. But at the same time, you know, where are you going to sacrifice to pay up? It's kind of like the FS, you know, what, where are you going to sacrifice to, you know, to, to pay up at? So, um, you know, it's, it's going to come for an early lead for the bills. You know, we're going to have to come right out and, and figuratively punch them in the mouth. Yeah, so. <laughs> the Bills, and, and I don't know that you, I, I, I think the it's really hard to do that because the Bills have averaged, uh, allowed 4.6 yards per rush. They've also allowed the third most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this season. I, I think it's going to be a real challenge to be able to contain Lamar, especially for those Buffalo Bills. If they, if, if they aren't able to do that, how are they going to be able to score 
that many points. Is it going to be through the air or is it going to be Josh Allen relying a lot on his legs to be able to get it done? I think it's going to be a little of both, to be honest. Um, Now, I think that, I mean, I'm not going to be shocked at all if Allen goes for over 100 rushing yards in this game. Maybe not necessarily a touchdown. Again, that wouldn't shock me, but um, I'd be more shocked if if he's on the the lower side of 100 in this one. Um, But, you know, the the thing with the Buffalo offense that I – I find interesting is that provided Cole Beasley is, is healthy enough to get back out there. He put in a limited practice today. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs practice in full. Uh, he still has that oblique injury, um, but he put in a full practice today. So for all intents and purposes, he's expected to be out there. Let's say Cole Beasley is out there as well. So, I mean, with Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, who has just been a complete, you know, steal in the draft, in my opinion. I mean, that he's going to have a great career ahead of him. Um, you know, that's four solid wide receivers that we can rotate in and out. We can play four wide receiver sets. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be through the air. I mean, Josh Allen, on top of that 100 on the ground, he's going to have to put up, you know, 250 to 300 in the air. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, especially with Moss out. Moss has been ruled out for the rest of the playoffs, I believe. So they're going to be right. relying on Singletary in the backfield, who, who you know, is, is a guy. You know, he, he's he's just a guy. He's a jag, as we like to call it. So oh, yeah. I, I don't think that they could rely on him. I think there is going to be a lot in the passing game. And if, if somebody's playing a one-and-done fantasy playoff league or people are playing DFS this week, who do you think is a player or two that they could focus on that could have a big game this week? And I think uh, the matchup's a little bit tough for, for Diggs, but, you know, Diggs is Diggs. So who do you think is a player or two outside of Allen, of course, that, that could have a big game this week? Yeah, I mean, like you just said, you know, Allen is the given, um, you know, with the floor and ceiling for that matter. Um, honestly, I think with so much attention on, on Diggs, this could be one of those Brown weeks. You know, Brown always seems to have one or two of, you know, those big weeks, which he hadn't really had this year, um, a lot of it due to injury. But, you know, maybe with all the focus on Stefan Diggs, it kind of leaves, you know, smoke, uh, you know, not as covered. And, and he, you know, breaks one off for, you know, 55 and a touch. Yeah, that's in, entirely possible. So um, I would say maybe, you know, he's one that, you know, it could be at a discount in DFS that you could focus on in GPPs. Um, if you want to get really crazy, um, you know, they did bring in uh, Devonta Freeman uh, on the practice squad to substitute for Moss and everything. Um, but actually, I'm looking at Antonio Williams. I mean, he had a big game in week 17, um, 63 yards on 12 rushes. So, you know, five, five yards per carry. Um you know, one reception for 20 yards and two touchdowns. Now, granted, a lot of this was kind of in garbage time when the Bills were up, you know, what, 40-something to 20, <laughs> whatever, you know. So, you know, that is part of the uh, of the scenario there. But, you know, with no Moss, I mean, Singletary can't run it, you know, 40 times, uh, you know, in, in the game or anything like that. They're going to be rotating him out. And I think Freeman's just, you know, he's, he's too new. I mean, he, he's there as an insurance if, you know, Singletary, God forbid, goes, goes down on injury or, you know, even, even Williams goes down. You know, that's, I think, more of an insurance. It's like, hey, if you can learn the playbook, great. But, I mean, come on, he's, I think he's going to be behind Williams even on the rotation. 
Okay, that sounds good. Now, it sounds to me like you're ready to flip a coin to pick a winner of this game. Your Bills are favored by two and a half points. How how posi- how, how uh, positive are you that they will be able to win this game or cover the spread? I don't think that this game will be won or lost by less than three points. So I'm uh, what I'm saying is, is uh, whichever team wins, I think also covers. So... Um, you know, if the rate, uh, mm-hmm. again, I mean, the, the, and this is where I go back to, you know, being the cautious optimist, you know, the, the fan in me is going to say Buffalo every single day, the analyst in me, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, you so can say it. it's, it's, you like, can say it, you can say it. <laughs> The big pause said it. The big pause said it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I will say uh, 50.5 to 49.5 Baltimore. <laughs> Very good. We'll make hey, sure Petey. that the rest of uh, your Bills Mafia doesn't know you said that. <laughs> Listen, I have never shied away from the fact that I am the cautious optimist. You lived through four lost, four consecutive lost Super Bowls. Yes, you're you're a fool to be anything but a, ca- a cautious <laughs> optimist. I mean, come on, you know, like the Music City Miracle and all that crap. You know, like just let's face it, Bills Mafia has been burnt. True Bills Mafia, not bandwagon or fair weather. You know, welcome, of course. I mean, I'm not going to you know turn my nose up at anybody, but true Bills Mafia. Come on, guys, like let's let's approach with caution. You know, come on. <laughs> Petey, thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for spending the time and, and giving us all your input on all these things. And JB, uh, good job rounding Petey up. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely wanted to get him on the show. Actually reached out to him right in the very beginning when we started the Magnet Show. The timing just didn't work out. So nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, right? <laughs> I'm glad one of us said it. Thank you, JB. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. I love it. It was so much fun. Thanks right, for coming thank on, Petey. And you can find him on Twitter at Petey Stitz. And he does all that work, uh, like JB said at the beginning of the thing, for Fantasy Alarm and for Fighting Chance Fantasy, all those things. So appreciate everybody jumping on here. Now, JB, uh, we didn't, I didn't necessarily get your input for the game or my input for the game. So tell me, who do you think about that game and who's going to end up winning between the, uh, what, who's it, Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, and, and honestly, Wes, this one is a toss-up in my mind. It really is. And just like Vegas thinks it's a toss-up, it's a two-and-a-half-point line where normally the home team, you know, they give them three points. So really is a toss-up in everybody's mind, um, even the Bills fan, as you hear. So I, I do have the Bills winning the game when I fill out brackets and stuff like that. But the way Baltimore has been playing and, and with what a weapon Lamar is, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see them win the game either. I'll lean Buffalo, but I'm not confident in it. It's not something I would bet on or, or you know, uh, put something on. So I, I'm not confident in it, but I'll pick Buffalo because I have to. All right, I'll tell you my theory on this, okay? And this is this is just Wes's theory, you know, where I go. I go into this epiphany moment while I'm sitting there taking a nap at 3.15 in the afternoon, right? And I saw these guys practicing. I saw both teams practicing, and both of them have those running style of quarterbacks. And, and I'm going to say not mobile or not a pocket quarterback for anything. Both of them are running quarterbacks. Well, here's the thing. The Baltimore Ravens defense is used to practicing against Lamar Jackson, who is a lot faster than Josh Allen. 
So I think that gives the Baltimore Raven defense a slight advantage in that point. And then this point, on top of that, the Buffalo Bills defense is used to watching Josh Allen run all over the field in practice. Well, guess what? When they're out there on the field, they are already muscle-memoried to go after that slower quarterback. And this time they're going to have to face Lamar, who is a much speedier quarterback. And I think that that gives a huge advantage to the Baltimore Ravens. Tons of stats that I could give you and throw out at you that I've sprinkled in here as we talk to Andy and Petey. But everything I see is coming up the Baltimore Ravens, not only to cover the spread, but to win this game outright. That's a great point, Wes, and a great angle to think about. I like it. Okay. Well, hey, we got one more guest to come on. Uh, you're already a guest on the show, JB, but we got another <laughs> guest. And really, I don't I don't even know who this guy is. This is one of my Twitter friends who I found last week, I believe, is what it was during a New Orleans Saint rant that I was going on as my Chicago Bears had the game stolen by the by the referees last week. And this was actually a Saints fan. And I think he actually uh, does, uh, does even some Saints reporting, if I'm not mistaken, for his uh, uh, anchor channel that he has, his podcast. And he was actually a little bit honest and saying that he did not think that the referees were calling a very good game and they were actually siding on the Saints and he wasn't sure if he needed to say that out loud or not. But let me bring in a good friend of mine now since we've uh, interacted on on the Twitterverse here now, Michael. Michael Balco. Is that right, Michael? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy to be on today. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for joining us, Michael. It's good to have you on. And you can find him on Twitter at Michael Balco Jr. with the JR. He's the host of the Michael Balco Show. And he's also a man who could wear a purple sports jacket with the best of them. <laughs> you already about. know how it is, guys. You already know. <laughs> hey, I'm glad that you mentioned the, the referees in, in that game. And I thought it was funny that when they threw the flag, um, I think it was on Comet for taunting, it was like yeah. the refs got together and they they whispered in each other's ears like, hey, this is a chance to give the Saints a call. I think he threw the ball at the player. All right, sure, throw the flag. And then they threw the flag. Like, it just looked weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand it, man. I don't really get it at all. Like, as a Saints fan, we're used to things kind of going against us. And I don't know, for whatever <laughs> reason, last Sunday, it just kind of seemed like everything was helping us. And I didn't really like it too much, to be honest with you, fellas. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you don't have to uh, ask me why everything in this world is a conspiracy theory, Michael. And I'll tell you why is because they wanted to see the matchup between Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And I know both of you have probably seen that picture going around from the History Channel of Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I don't know if it's really a History Channel or somebody just made a meme out of that, but that, that's been wonderful to see. My biggest concern going into this Sunday is not this Sunday necessarily for the New Orleans Saints. But Michael, I got to get your opinion. Everybody is saying that Drew Brees is going to retire at the end of this season or possibly retire. I, I can't see that happening. I think that guy's got a lot of miles left in his arm to throw the football around. And I think he's there for a little while longer. But if he does retire, would he ever play for another organization similar to how Tom Brady did after he left the New England Patriots? You know, no, I do think he's going to end up hanging up the cleats, but I think, you know, if for some reason he doesn't, there's no way the Saints would ever, you know, go with a different quarterback other than Drew Brees as long as Sean Payton's head coach and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So as far as that, there's absolutely no way. Also, I mean, I don't think really, I don't, I don't really follow Tom Brady all like that, you know, but I don't think he's done nearly what Drew Brees has done for the New Orleans community during his time, you know, up, up there in Massachusetts, but you know, yeah, I don't think there's any way Drew Brees ever plays for a different organization, but, you know, I do end up thinking 
while he is playing well, yeah, I do think he does end up hanging up the cleats after this season, though. Okay. Yeah, and it'll be a shame because as much as, you know, the Saints are a division rival, I'm a big Bucks fan. So, you know, they are a division rival. You love to hate the teams that are in your division. But Drew Brees is the kind of guy you made mention of what he does for the community. And he's just a consummate professional. He's the type of guy that if he wasn't in my division and he didn't have to play my team twice a year, you'd want to be a fan of his. So I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that if he doesn't retire, he doesn't go anywhere. You know, maybe they do a team-friendly one-year deal or something like that. But, you know, with this game, which could be his last game, game of the season but in order for it not to be what do you think the key to the to the Saints winning this game is going to be you know the Saints just need to come out the way they did the last two times against Tampa Bay they need to they need to set the defensive tone quick and early they need to get they need to get hits on Tom um, you know if you if you let one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history get a rhythm um, unfortunately we get to see two of them in this game but you know if you if you let Tom Brady get in a rhythm I guess I should specify um, he's going to tear you to pieces. So I guess the the biggest key for the New Orleans Saints to come out hot and come out victorious is to get pressure on him, make him make him force some throws that he's forced a lot more this season than he has in years past, um, and just kind of you know get extra possessions for our for our future Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, whenever you talk about that future Hall of Fame quarterback, that connection that he's had with Michael Thomas really hasn't been there this year. But last week it heated up against my Bears. Are they going to be able to do that same thing this week against that tough, tough Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive backfield? Um, I like to think Michael Thomas will be used more as a decoy this week and allow other guys like Deontay Harris, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook to get open, Emmanuel Sanders as well in that mix. Um Similar to like kind of what we did in years past. I mean, Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, but you know the Tampa Bay does have a very, very good defense, and they and they understand the impact Michael Thomas has on the New Orleans Saints. So yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that we'll get get on the ball probably about five or six times during the game. But I think for the most part, we're going to see a big emergence from our from our secondary receivers um, rather than you know Michael Thomas. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned Deontay Harris because so did Bruce Arians in the press conference. You know, our, our, the Buccaneers cornerbacks match up well with big-bodied receivers. It's the speed receivers that they have trouble with, as you saw in the game against Tyreek Hill when he completely went off against the Bucs. So uh, I think that a lot of people are playing one-and-done fantasy playoff leagues or playing some sort of DFS contest this week. So give us a couple of players that you think could have a big game and could be impactful that aren't the, you know, the major names like Michael Thomas. Yeah. So I think I just kind of mentioned him. Ivan Kamara is kind of a given, you know, but, uh, you know, some like more low key guys, Traquan Smith was activated off the injured reserve. You know, if he does end up being active this week, he could be a solid option as well as Deontay Harris. Um, they, they used him a ton last week against Chicago. Um, and, and he honestly, he would have had like another 65 yard touchdown if Taysom Hill knew how to throw the ball. Um, and then, you know, you got your other guys, you know, Latavius Murray could have a very solid game if he ends up playing. Those are just a few guys off the top of my head. But, you know, Marquez Callaway, you know, if Trey Quant Smith ends up not playing, you know, there's there's a, there's a few solid options for the Saints in that receiving core for sure. Okay, well, your Saints are favored by three points this weekend at home against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have really, to me, handed it to the Buccaneers this year in a couple of different cases. Do you think that they'll be able to do that again this time in the playoffs? It's always hard to beat a team three times during the season. Yeah, you know, uh, it's really (laughs) I like this. I like to think yes, but, you know, 
you know, like you said earlier in the show, everything, everything in this world's a conspiracy, my man. So, you know, how great it would be to have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady dueling it out in the NFC Championship game, NFL's favorites, you know. But, hey, you know, I like to think the Saints are going to come out on top. I have 27-17 Saints. I think it's going to be end up being a lot closer than that. I think it probably will be very close to that to that three-point range. Um, right now, I don't know if I trust Will Lutz to kick a game-winning field goal, so hopefully it doesn't come down to that. But we'll see. You know, if the Saints come out hot and they and they pick off Tom Brady two or three times like they did, um, you know, last, last matchup, you know, I think the Saints have a very good chance at coming out on top. So with uh, all this conspiracy thought, I have a good conspiracy angle for you. I think okay. you should be cheering for the Rams this week because if the Rams win on Saturday – I think the NFL will do everything they can for the Buccaneers not to win. And here's why. If the Bucs win, they'll have to host the Rams in the NFC Championship the following week. The NFL has already started to prepare Raymond James Stadium for the Super Bowl. They put their Super Bowl sod on there already. They've already pretty much taken over the field to get it ready for the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to want to upset that and have the Bucks host the NFC Championship. So if I were you, I'd be rooting for the Rams because I think if the Rams win, the NFL is going to fix the game for you this week. Oh, yeah, I have faith in that, too. <laughs> wow, that's great. Uh, JB, you know, I just got all tingly whenever you bring up a conspiracy. It actually sounded like it made sense. I like that a lot, JB. Thank you so much. Hey, Michael, Absolutely. I appreciate you jumping on uh, here at the, the program. We talked about it over on Twitter last weekend, and, boy, we followed through with it. So thank you very much, Michael, for doing so. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate the invite, fellas. Thanks, Make sure Mike. you check and him I out. I wish you good luck this week, but I won't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to you as well. Hey, Michael, tell them, tell everybody where they can find you and about your show and everything, real quick. Yeah, yeah. So I have a I have a podcast called the Michael Balco Show. You know, it it, it gives professional athletes the platform to share their stories and an unfiltered point of view to help inspire the youth. Um, you know, let everybody know anything's possible. Um, chase your dreams and whatnot. All that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Balco Jr. As mentioned at the top of the show, you can find me on Instagram at Michael.Balco. Always trying to spread some positivity, spread some love, maybe break some news, get a lot of hate for it. Who knows? But yeah, that's where you guys can find me at. Thank you, Michael. Great job. Great job. Thanks, Appreciate Michael. it. And I'll be keeping in touch. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, JB, we have one more guest to bring on this show. He, he's my co-host, actually, on the Fantasy Magnet podcast, one-fifth of the Fantasy Besties live, live pod, and an analyst for Razzball. It is our very own, at Fantasy Coach JB, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer expert by far. Oh, hey, thanks, Wes. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here with you and JB today. <laughs> JB, no, we I mean, just... Michael just did a great job breaking down the New Orleans Saints, and I know you've got a lot of thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I'm just going to mute my microphone and let you go. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I pretty much laid out my same questions that, that we asked most of the others and, and just wanted to answer it from a Buck side. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm pretty deep-dived into the Buccaneers, and, and I think this game overall is going to be a great game. I think it very well could be the best game of the weekend. You know, it's two division rivals who know each other very well, and you can't base this game off the previous two. I know we talked with, with Michael about the first two games, and he said the key to the game was, was to do like they did the first games, but you can't really base this game off of those. The first game was week one in New Orleans, which was Tom Brady's first game with the Bucks after a wonky offseason, and I even picked the Saints to win that game, so... Uh, you can't go off of that one throw that one out and then the second game was Antonio Brown's first game as a buck 
the offense was was completely uncertain. They didn't know what they were going to do. Brady was trying to figure out how to use all those weapons. So this is a different Bucks team, and, and I think this game will be very different from the first two games, Wes. So I, I think you can't really base it off of those first two. This is going to be very different, and of course in the playoffs. Yeah, and I do understand what you're saying there. It, it, it scares me. You know, because, you know, I'm pulling for your team and all. I want to see your team win just because I, I got a friend in the fight kind of a thing. But uh, it scares me that the, the games have been so lopsided. And I'm glad you pointed out what week one was because that was something I noticed and I talked about with, uh, with Pierre earlier this week. But one thing that jumps out at me is how bad Mike Evans plays every time he goes up against those New Orleans Saints. JB, do you think that that's a repeat performance? Are they going to have to rely on Antonio Brown? this week? Well, I think it's actually Chris Godwin that leads the receiving core this week. And Evans is going to be locked up in that battle with Marshawn Lattimore, who's his division nemesis. Lattimore always plays well against Evans. It's like, you know, he circles the the games against Evans in his calendar and those are his, his all-star games. So I think Lattimore will continue to have success against Evans. Evans will still get his, you know, he'll probably get around 60 yards or so, maybe get a short touchdown. Antonio's been finding the end zone, but he's going to get Janoris Jenkins on the other side, who's been playing pretty well. So that's why I think Godwin gets the best matchup against C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who really is best known for his trash talking and getting people thrown out of games and not his play as a defender. So I think Godwin leads the receiving core, and I think, you know, for the one-and-dones and and for – DFS purposes. I think Brady's also on play because he should be able to throw for three touchdowns as long as he's getting protection. And I would shy away from Gronk. I think they'll use him again to block a decent amount. And I, I would stay away from him in those formats this week. Yeah, Gronk has really disappeared. I was wondering if Cameron Brate was going to be a factor again, but it just seemed like, to me, Cameron Brate was one of those guys that, that Brady was finding in between finding a big play. You know, it wasn't a big play thing, so I don't think that he's going to be able to explode this week either. Let me ask you this. RJ3, it seems like he was sidelined last week on an injury that popped up right before the game, kind of burned a lot of the players that we had in baby bowl because they stuck him in there and nobody knew that he wasn't going to play. Is he healthy? Was that more of a disciplinary thing? What was going on? No, he's had a a leg injury and, and he was going to try to give it a go. But from what I understand on on the, uh, like in the pregame, he kind of tweaked it again a little bit. So I think that was a game they expected to win, so they didn't feel like they needed to push him if he if he was a little gimpy. So Fournette did a, a, a good enough job to get the job done. Ronald Jones was practicing this week. Um, he did get back to practice. I think on the Thursday injury report, he was limited. So it is a calf injury, so I'm afraid with a running back with a leg injury, I probably wouldn't use him in, in fantasy this week. And I think that the play is going to be the passing game for the most part for the Bucks. Okay, I can understand that. Can they shut out those Saints? You know the Saints offense is really, really good, and Sean Payton will have a great game plan going in there. How about that Buccaneers defense, though? Will they be able to disrupt that passing game? Yeah, I think there's going to be two keys to the the Bucks winning this game, Wes. And one of them's on defense, one of them's on offense. So you ask about defense, and I think the key is going to be being physical with the Saints receivers. You know, the Bucks corners need to get up on the line, not give them a free release off the line of scrimmage, and make them alter their routes. If you look at that that Week Nine game against the Saints, Breeze picked the Bucks apart on quick release passes. It was you know two three step drops and bang a quick pass. 
I think if the Bucks corners get physical with them off the line of scrimmage, bump them a little bit, make them change up their release, I think it's going to throw the timing off for that passing game that they like to run. And I think that's the key to stopping them. The secondary is healthy again. Carlton Davis does a great job on Michael Thomas. Week one, he had three catches for 17 yards, five catches for 51 yards in week nine. So I, I think that the defense is good enough to contain them if they make the receivers and Drew Brees kind of alter their path and their, and their plan. I think on the offensive side, the key is going to be protecting Tom Brady, first and foremost. You know, there's there's been some really good offensive line play from the Bucks. Left tackle Donovan Smith has been the one that's kind of hit or miss, and he's been that way for most of his career, and it's been more misses than hits. But he played really well last week against Chase Young. They used Gronk, like I mentioned, to block a lot, and he's a very good blocker. But our right guard, Alex Kappa, got hurt last week, and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. So Aaron Stinney's the guy who's filling in, who's a third-year player, who's been waiting for his shot, and he's getting his shot. And they talked to the center, Ryan Jensen, the other, I think today, actually, I was reading, and he was fired up saying, you know, Stinney's been wanting his shot. He's finally got his shot. He's confident in him. Of course, he said the right things. But he's got to try to contain David Onyemata, who's a beast. So I think that's going to be a big test if they can get there. And obviously Jensen will help out. He'll chip a little bit from the center position. But they really got to protect Tom Brady to win this game. If they protect sure. Tom, he'll be able to throw for three touchdowns, maybe even four, and, and the Bucks will pull this out. So you think the Bucks will be able to pull this out? They are three-point underdogs right now. This game total is sitting at 52. Do you have an edge on this game at all or a feeling? Yeah, look, I think it's going to be a good amount of scoring this game. And for the Bucks to win, they have to be able to score touchdowns. So uh, our young stud linebacker, Devin White, is back, and he's going to be a key factor in limiting Kamara, both on the ground and as a receiver. You know, he's missed the last couple games due to a positive COVID test. But if you look at his social media posts, he's fired up, and he's ready to get back out there. So I, I think that he'll be able to contain Kamara enough. The secondary will do enough to limit them. If the Saints get to Brady early and the Bucks can't protect him, then it's going to be a long day and the Saints will win. But I think they'll be able to protect enough to get the points on the board and win the game. I got it 28-24, to 24, Buccaneers. All right. JB, I hope you're right. I, I don't want to say what I predict. Okay, because it, it, the New Orleans Saints have come out and they've played really, really well against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's, it scares me uh, how well they've played and how underperformed it seems like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have played. They haven't lived up to expectations every time they went to the Saints. And I think Cam Jordan has a lot to do with that. I think he's, they're, they're able to disrupt that passing offense and to get Tom Brady uncomfortable in that pocket. And that's never a good thing whenever you face Tom Brady. I will say this. It is really hard in the NFL to beat a team three times in one year. So I would like to say that I would uh, like to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just from the history standpoint of the NFL. All right. So uh, that's what I'll say. Hey, are we going to go to our Bears reporter next? <laughs> a bonus Bears reporter. Hey, tell me what it felt like to play on Nickelodeon and not be able to score a touchdown and get slimed. <laughs> uh, listen, they they ended up saying that they were going to keep pace and Nagy, and that's a, that's more talk for another show. JB, I'll just tell you this: it seems like they're they're more worried about the money than they are necessarily about winning next year. But JB, this show was shaking, baby. This show was shaking. 
This was awesome, Wes. I, I appreciate everybody who jumped on with us. We had a great group of contributors. You know, hopefully we'll be able to get them back on maybe next week if their team wins or any time down the line. But, man, I was so excited for this show, and it lived up to its expectations for me, man. I, I'm so pumped right now. I got a smile on my face, and I can't wait to get this out to everybody to listen to. Great yeah. show, Wes. No, no, and it came together really good and really well. So many, so many participants in this, and we mashed all the right buttons. I was really happy about it. Hey, can we can we sing to these guys? You know, shaken by any money, right? Huh? No, you know that one. <laughs> I'll let you sing, Wes. I'm huh? not singing on this show. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll sing at the end. You just got to be the backup, the backup person. Okay, just just give me the ooh ahs, ooh ahs. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> this show was shaken. Ooh ah. Uh... You don't know the song. You don't know it? Oh, come on. She was shaking. Ooh, ooh, yeah. All right. That's that's how we go. I I had more for you, but you didn't know the song. Okay. I can't believe you're not an Eddie Money guy. I'm going to send you my CD. I've got it on CD, JB. No, you don't. You definitely have that on cassette tape. (laughs) (laughs) Two tickets to paradise. Come on. You got all that. JB, great job. Now Pete Stitz is going to use that in his next pool, in his next poll when he puts a song lyric on and and he asked who who the artist was. Now he's going to use an Eddie Money song next. Watch. Okay, all right. I, I look forward to being tagged in that, PD. Just go ahead and tag me in there. JB, wonderful job putting everything together. Thank you so much, my friend, for another fantastic year of the Fantasy Magnets, and especially on this show. Absolutely, Wes. Thank you. And you mashed all the right buttons, like you said. I, that was the key to all this, getting it all to work, man. So I'm so happy this worked out, and I can't wait for next week when we could talk Buccaneers again. <laughs> don't forget to follow old jb on twitter at fantasy coach jb you can find me on twitter as well at loafing it don't forget to follow the show at fi today with a little underscore at the end you can head over to anchor fm subscribe to the show make sure that you leave us leave a review if you're on the podcast or the ipod the itunes app <laughs> and slap those stars around for us a little bit as well but more importantly than all those things fit fam we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today 